Today's episode is brought to you by My Edges, and boy, are they laid. This episode will be starting off with some serious news I would like to report on, and that is the Austin bombings that have been happening in recent weeks. And it has been reported. The Austin bomber has been found. And um, if you're unfamiliar of of the situation, there is a person sending packages of bombs um, that were killing and injuring innocent people um, around and in Austin, Texas. That Austin bomber being Mark Anthony Condit was found um, near a motel. He is a 24-year-old white male. And as police closed in on him, he then committed suicide by letting off another bomb inside of his car. This man is from Pflugerville, um, Texas, and it has been previously reported that he was targeting black families because the victims of who were receiving these packages were black. Um, it is very safe to say this is domestic terrorism, and this man, Mark Anthony Condit, is a terrorist. I encourage um, people in the area of Austin, Texas, to still... Remain alert and be safe because there still may be some packages in circulation. And of course, I would like to send out condolences to, you know, the families and, and the people affected by these, by these, you know, attacks. And it's, it's very sad that, you know, people in office, um, in government aren't acknowledging this as an act of terrorism when it when it literally ended in a suicide bombing um but this again is a a young white male and so we know the story um that is going to unfold for him you know very introvert to himself kind innocent quiet you know the typical descriptions of someone who would do this that looks like him Hopefully, there's more information that is revealed of his motives um, and reasonings. But um, it just seems like a hate crime right now and um, act of terrorism, unfortunately. Me being someone who is in that area, it hits close to close to home. It, hit, it hurts my heart. But um, I'm glad he was found. He's no longer sending packages, but still remains safe. But let's let's move on to to some lighter topics now. All right, let's get into some new music. I recently listened to two projects um, from two female rappers. Um, first project I want to talk about is Brat Male. It is a mixtape that was recently released by Cash Doll. Cash Doll is. A rapper that, unfortunately, I'm not a huge fan of. She is missing something in her music for me. 
I can't put my finger on it, so I can't get too deep into the reason why I'm not a huge fan. All I can say is that I'm missing a wow factor from her. And when listening to Bratmill, still had the same sentiments. Something is missing. Something isn't catching my interest. Something isn't standing out from the rest. I can admit that she is a skillful rapper. She's more skillful than the other dolls in the industry. Um, but it's just, it's just not hitting, hitting for me. I'm not sure what it is again, but that's just me. But let me know if you feel the same way because I want to know your reasonings for not liking her and maybe that might, um, kind of explain or help me decipher why or what it is about her that's just not hitting for me or what it is that is missing. So let me know. Hit me up, T with Tammy, Twitter, Tumblr, wherever. The second project that I listened to, which is also a Tea with Tammy must listen, so you can find the project on teawithtammy.com, is High Maintenance by Saweetie. Um, she is a young rapper from Cali. Um, this is her first project ever, from my understanding. And I really like it. Now, unlike Cash Doll, she stands out. Um, not because of her pretty girl looks, because a lot of people will assume that. I actually like her for her deep cadence. Um, she stands out in that way because, you know, a lot of the other female rappers have a higher, higher voice or octave or they're trying to do something different with their voice or rap really fast. But she, on the other hand, is very laid back. She has a deeper voice and she is very good looking. I have to mention that again. Um, and I really thoroughly enjoyed high maintenance it's not heavily with you know lyrical content but there's some great beats there's some great vibes and it's all around enjoyable which matters the most at the end of the day and so definitely check out high maintenance and again you can find that on tiwatami.com now there is a third project i would like to mention that is coming out soon on uh, march 30th and it is pain and pleasure from Tink. This is a new EP that will be dropping soon. I mentioned before how Tink was on a crazy six-month hiatus and how she wasn't tweeting. She wasn't posting anything on Instagram. Well, she is now back. She had dropped a single not too long ago and now she's pubbing for an EP and I'm very proud of her. I'm watching very closely. I'm seeing that there's no mentioning of Timbaland who was heavily involved last time around. She did her, her music run um, I'm noticing things are kind of back to the basics as for the video uh, quality and videography as well. Um, I'm noticing that she's not posting her her new music videos um, to her Tink Vivo. Um, it's you know it's other accounts, and so I I see I see things differently going on for her. I'm not too sure what happened. Um, during that hiatus time, she probably realized maybe Timbaland and her weren't a great fit or I don't know, maybe some behind the scenes business deals just didn't work out. I will say Tink is very talented. Um, I will definitely be listening closely when pain and pleasure drops. Now, my only concerns is that she'll be singing more than she's rapping because I thoroughly enjoy her rapping. But hey, whatever she does end up dropping, I'll be listening either way. So again, that's Pain and Pleasure, the EP coming out March 30th from Tink. 
In addition to new music, there is also a new season of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. <laughs> Let the ratchet games begin. I am so excited. Atlanta is definitely one of the most entertaining franchises of Love and Hip Hop. Let's all admit it because we all know things get real in the South. Um... Now, there's a lot to mention about the season itself, but I do want to most importantly say that the glow up of the production of the show of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta was amazing to see. Oh my gosh, I watched the season premiere and the editing is phenomenal. I'm sure a lot of you don't pay attention to things like that, but me being someone with a background of video editing and audio editing and going to college for these things and taking courses, these are things that I, I closely pay attention to from, from time to time. And I noticed that now their diary segments when they, when they talk to cast members are intertwined with the scenes of interactions with other cast members, which, um, allow the, the show to flow more naturally. And I also notice, of course, hair and makeup gets better um, as seasons progress. Atlanta has the best hair and makeup out of all the franchises. Let's get that clear. Lace fronts on point. They actually pluck and tweeze their frontals. Please, please take note. Bleach your knots. Come on, get it together if you know what I'm talking about. Come on. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, red flag number one, do some Googles. <laughs> do some Googles, okay? Do some Googles. <laughs> oh, and to mention about the editing as well, which is very important, they have incorporated lots of flashbacks, which include receipts, which is very telling and beneficial for a messy show like this because you always want a flashback. You always want a receipt. You always want proof of who said what and when they said it and why they're mad at who and why is so-and-so throwing a drink on who. And so it is just beautiful. I can't wait for more episodes and I'll be on the edge of my seat. And I have to mention this before we move on to the next topic because I really don't want to talk about everything of love and hip hop. I would rather just you watch it yourself because it's a very entertaining reality show for what it is. It's a guilty pleasure. Um, Erica Mena is back. I'm a type of person who is always in the streets, you know, on the interwebs following these types of stars. And so she hasn't really left my eyesight. Um, she was a media correspondent for multiple seasons of Bad Girls Club while she was off of Love and Hip Hop. So I still got to see her there. So, you know, she's, she's been on TV. She's, she's been getting a check. <laughs> and plus of the whole, you know, debacle with her and Bow Wow, that was very public. Let's not forget that. But anyway, she is back to the Love and Hip Hop franchise before she was on New York causing havoc. But now she's in Atlanta. She's wanting to restart her music career she'll be working with stevie j what it seems to be potentially happening and i don't see what she's contributing to the storyline as for anything unique or new but to be honest i love messiness and so i'm all here for erica being back i'm not mad at it it's just a little side eye because she did leave with such a high bang and she she wanted it to be known that she was she was better than this franchise and she was better than the cast members of love and hip-hop and here she is back on the show so that's just funny to see but let's let's move on all right um i've been 
ignoring this individual intentionally, but um, I will give him some some light today, unfortunately, as well as the next person I'm going to talk about as well. Ugh, I just hate that I have to comment on people that I don't want to comment on, but it's very popular in the news. So here we go. Let's talk about NAV. Um, NAV beats by NAV. If you are unfamiliar with who NAV is, um, NAV, um, per Google, is a Canadian hip-hop artist. Um, I would describe him as trash. But um, he is signed to EXO, and I believe for Republic um, Records. But um, he's he's a producer. He's a singer. He's a, a rapper. Um, he is all of those things. And he took to his Instagram and made a post uh, that was very loaded. But let me just read the caption to you all. The, the caption is, I wouldn't show up for the freshman list. Fuck double XL. Your magazine is trash and a sorry website. To my fellow artists, we shouldn't look to a magazine for validation or tell us if we are hot or not, especially one that hasn't been credible for 10 years. Make music for yourself and your fans. I would never show up for the freshman list because I don't need their approval. He then followed up with another post after that with a picture of the XXL editor-in-chief, Vanessa Satin. Um, she is um interesting-looking woman. Um, some would say that the picture may or may not have been flattering, but the caption to her picture, who again is the XXL editor-in-chief, Vanessa Satin, Nav said... This is who decides who is the double XL freshman list. I refuse to wine and dine you and play you my new music before my fans. I will never show up for your list. No cap. And so reading those two captions from Nav, blatantly dissing double XL, saying that they haven't been credible for 10 years and that he would never show up for their list. Now, one would naturally assume, okay, you weren't picked for the list. <laughs> this is where this is brewing from. But um, let's, let's just uh, dig a little deeper. Um, Nab also has a new single titled Freshman List. Um, and in the song, he basically has the same sentiment saying that he does not need to show up for anyone's list because, you know, he does not need anyone else's validation. And I will say he is right in having that sentiment. Every rapper should feel as though they do not need anyone other than themselves, you know, validation to keep doing what they want to do. Nav is completely right in saying that. Now, what Nav isn't right in this situation is sounding very emotional. This may, this may be all a marketing scheme to maybe push his newly single freshman list. Um, but he does sound very emotional and hurt in both of these Instagram posts because he is one attacking a, a woman who probably does not have the only say and who goes on that list and discrediting the list that many artists that he has worked with has been on. Now I will say 
there's people who are agreeing with Nav and that being Quavo of the Migos. He said, you know what? I agree, Nav. The, the double XL list didn't choose the Migos. Now, uh, Quavo can agree with Nav all day. And I'm actually a fan of Quavo and the Migos. But, uh, Quavo's got it wrong this time by agreeing with Nav because he and the Migos weren't chosen because he is in a group. The freshman list is for individual rappers and artists, not groups. If we had groups, there'd be 20,000 people on the list. You know how many groups there are? You know how many people are in groups? <laughs> like, let's get it together, Quavo. Let's stop just jumping on a bandwagon because you see your friend hurt in these streets. Let your friend be hurt on his own. Overall, I think some people are naturally assuming that Nav was probably up for the list and probably either they needed this requirement of hearing his new music or just simply just wasn't picked for the list and he is now what seems disgruntled and now wants to bash the list and magazine all together. And to me, it seems corny because... One, he's just amplifying the publication. He's adding a bigger spotlight to the freshman list and the XXL magazine. He has a whole single titled freshman list. And for him to think that's going to steer people away from wanting to see who ends up being on the freshman list is completely backwards. I'm sorry, Nav. You played yourself. <laughs> Congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> if I had that, if I had that drop from Hot 97, I'd play it right now. But, uh, yeah, Nav needs to have a seat because to, to break things all the way down and to keep things all the way a hundred, his new single freshman list is trash. And so, <laughs> if he's calling the double XL freshman list trash and his his single freshman list is also trash. What are we talking about? We have trash yelling at trash because what he wasn't included in the in the garbage can today? I don't understand. <laughs> Let's just move on. Another individual that I would rather not talk about, but it is hard not to mention due to his popularity in the news currently is Takashi69. Takashi 69 is a very loaded topic in itself. I won't go into his background, his allegations, his beef, but what I will say is that I'm concerned. Um, to be honest, I don't care too much about his well-being, but I'm concerned for his followers and his, you know, consumers, his fans who may be following in his, his footsteps, may be looking up to him for whatever type of guidance because he is going down a very slippery slope. Um, it's a very dangerous slope as well. Hopefully he has his skis and all of his protective gear because this slope ride and <laughs> the, the beefs that he is inheriting due to him being a potential fake blood member, very disrespectful to his, his elders in the game, um, the pioneers and legends, and he has some very, very sticky allegations. Um, and, and, and so this individual, Takashi69, 
look, Daniel, whatever your real name is, you you need to cut it all out. You need to really take the time to sit down and and realize that some of your your actions, the people around you, the things that you say, the things that you do are going to get someone around you and maybe you hurt or maybe worse. And I see that happening for him very soon. Um, Google him. That's all you simply have to do. Google Takashi 69 even though I don't want to get him any more, you know, clout or fame. If you do a simple Google search on him, you will realize the the dangers that he is is in due to everything that you'll read upon him. Hopefully, he can see the light, turn his life around cuz he's still young and it's not too late. But unfortunately, I'm concerned because I don't see things going well for this young man. And I'll leave it at that. The next topic is going to be a quick one. Because I personally think that it's a obvious answer to a question that a lot of people are asking. And so I'll ask you all um, the same question and I'll answer it. Um, and I think there's only one answer. But the question is... Is Bruno Mars appropriating black music? Now, if you don't know what appropriating may mean, I can rephrase that question. And to say that Bruno Mars is appropriating black music, to re-ask that question, you would say, is Bruno Mars profiting off of black culture without acknowledging its history and positively contributing to the culture? Um, side note before we answer, people who can appropriate black music are people who are non-black. And so even though you are a minority or a person of color, you can still appropriate, um, black things in black culture. So let's still be clear with that. Um, but again, asking is Bruno Mars appropriating black music? You are then asking is Bruno Mars profiting off of black culture without acknowledging its history and positively contributing obvious answer is no Bruno Mars without a doubt is not appropriating black music because he has time and time throughout the history of his career has acknowledged the history of the music that he is contributing to and acting in um, which is black music um, he's very aware of where the music that he makes originates from. He said it in countless interviews and platforms. And I definitely think that Bruno Mars is positively contributing to the culture because not once has Bruno Mars bashed our culture, embarrassed our culture, or tarnished our culture like a lot of other people in the culture have that we've given countless passes to. Bruno Mars has entered our culture and has really been a good boy. And so I'm not too sure where the appropriation claims have come from, but when you have legends like Ninth Wonder, um, Teddy Riley, and Stevie Wonder in the corner of Bruno Mars, who have contributed to the history of the music that he's making now, it is obvious that he's not appropriating music, right? 
I would say. But I can understand why people are still giving the side eye to Bruno Mars' career because he is a non-black man making black music very successfully when there are other black artists doing the same who do not have that same shine or stardom. But I can't put the blame on Bruno's back for that. I would have to put that on the industry's backs and then also the consumers as well. Because yeah, it's one to easily say that, you know, fuck the, the system and the labels and the industry because they're only going to champion non-black people or people with lighter skin who, who makes our music. But we as consumers have to champion our own artists as well to make sure that they reach the goals that they're wanting to to reach time and time again we can continually get mad at ed sheeran sam smith and adele for making black like music but if you're not championing people like k michelle jasmine sullivan gary clark jr janelle monet melanie fiona artists like that then i'm not too sure what you're mad for You can't in one breath say that we have so many countless artists profiting off of black culture and you're not supporting the black artists who are wanting to be successful in black culture as well. And just to further drive home the point that Bruno Mars is definitely not appropriating black music, here's a quote where he was acknowledging the history of black music and what black music is. And so here's the quote that he said. When you say black music, understand that you're talking about rock, jazz, R&B, reggae, funk, doo-wop, hip-hop, and Motown. Black people created it all. Being Puerto Rican, even salsa music stems back from the motherland of Africa. So in my world, black music means everything. It what gives America its swag. And so with Bruno Mars saying that, And then for someone to turn around and say (laughs) that he's appropriating the music, I'm not too sure what more he needs to do on his end where he's not appropriating the music because it doesn't seem like he is at all. At all. The wrong example. Where was this energy when Iggy was out? Where is this energy now that Iggy is back out? So let's let's focus on those types of artists rather than the ones who are very respectful and have done nothing but great things for our culture all right so what do we have left on the list we still got to spill some tea of course talk some shit and then i'll get the fuck out of here okay and so let's let's jump right into just spilling some tea what is going on with this fresh prince of bel air reboot remake I'm not too sure if you heard it, if your ears are to the streets. So originally the rumor was that Chance the Rapper was going to be playing the new Will. That has now been debunked. Um, Chance the Rapper told, I believe it was Fader, I think, but um, he confirmed that he is not going to be playing the new Fresh Prince, but he is very open to writing on the show. So that's a good look for him. But um, that is is out of the question. The other rumor is that it will be a female lead, just like they brought back um, Boy Meets World, how it's a girl meets world, and how they um, have a new Raven's Home, kind of like that too. And so it'll be female-led, 
And I'm all for that. I think that would be the better route to take. So it's not competing so much with the original. Now, what I will say is that I'm concerned on what platform or what network it would be on. I would say that it needs to be on Freeform because Freeform, they're able to talk a lot more about some scandalous topics because I needed to stay true to the culture and the things that were talked about originally. You know, Will was having sex. He had girlfriends. You know, he was in some drama. He was in some fights. He, you know, he had family issues. And so I still need the realness to be brought in with the comedy. And so hopefully it's on a platform that allows them to stretch that um, aspect of the creativity and the script writing and the seriousness of the topics because I do not need another cookie cutter show. We, we need more real shows. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that is the tea that I, I came to spill. I am ready for it. Um, not too many people are talking about it, but man, once it is confirmed, it will, it will break the internet because that is a classic culture show every black person knows and can quote at least (laughs) refer to at least one episode of fresh prince of bel-air i mean come on but let's get into the moment that you all been have been waiting for which is just for me to get in that ass (laughs) and talk my shit and you know it's really it's a teaching moment for some individuals going into the the media world or just any type of platform or publication or anywhere their voice will be heard. I'm getting a little tired of um, podcast shows, um, interviewers, YouTube shows, commenters, um, just using vulgar language when it's not called for. When it's just simply filler words um, to either to boast or boost their their clout or their their street cred or for them to appear cooler or just because they're simply ignorant and their vocabulary isn't extensive. Now, of course, we live in a country where it's freedom of speech and we can essentially say what what we want to, but what I will say, um, and my reasoning for, for feeling a type of way of, of other people in the industry using such vulgar language is because it's just not tactful and it's very distasteful. I, I've listened to many other podcast shows and it's hard to support a show if I'm going to to tune in and be called a bitch or a hoe or a whore every other sentence because you don't know how to use a woman's name or just simply say woman or girl. (laughs) Like I'm not going to have it. And a lot of other people aren't going to have it either, male and female. I'm also not going to tune into a podcast show where I'm being called a nigga every other sentence. It's just, it's just very distasteful. It's very immature and, and it all comes back to, for me at least, for that line in Zealots um, by the Fugees and it was said by Lauren Hill. She said, 
Let me, hopefully I got the quote right, but you can always, of course, find the song online because it's a classic. I would say it's it's one of the best hip-hop songs um, in history. But Lauryn Hill says in the song, you know, even after all my logic and my theory, I add a motherfucker so you ignorant niggas hear me. And it's very true that, you know, occasionally that you do have to sprinkle in some cuss words um, so people can listen. But the, the message in saying that is that, you know, those people are ignorant. Um, those people that are tuning in because of the cuss words are essentially dumb because they had to have that in there in order for them to listen at the end of the day. And I essentially feel that goes both ways for the person who is saying the cuss words. Um, you are very ignorant to feed into that, that mindset that you have to talk that way or develop that, that way of talking to appear to seem cool, be in the culture or get a larger audience. I love how the Joe Budden podcast seems to be very honest, genuine, and savage-like still with their jokes. And, you know, they're very brutal in what they're talking about in their reviews and commentary on people in the industry. But I, I rarely hear them say, you know, that bitch or that hoe because they know how that sounds and how that can come off and how that can offend people and so you know that's just me it's really me not talking shit it's just me giving advice and letting people know that that's not a way of getting a a point across a interview more views your show more likes it's not gonna work that's just me saying that and of course i'm not the end all be all and say all to what works and what doesn't work but i am someone with a degree who's taken some classes on how people should conduct themselves on platforms and ladies and gents vulgar language isn't the way to go (laughs) it's not I mean, of course, it it can slip out and sometimes it does add that extra emphasis because, I mean, come on, we're we're in hip hop. We know what words do. Uh, We know what certain words sound cool when you add them after certain other words. But um, in everyday conversation or on platforms, I would say scale it back some because you never know who you may be offending and how you may be coming across. But let me get off my soapbox before people get too offended (laughs) and take things a little too personally. But hey, it's all love. It's all advice. Um, To be honest, I wasn't really talking shit. That's just me trying to help out other people. But hey, if you're one of those people saying, hey, fuck Tammy, I'm still going to be in my bag and say bitch ho every other sentence. Do you, boo-boo? I am not mad at you. Just be mad at yourself when people aren't fucking with you. (laughs) Okay? But that's all I really have to say. We've covered a lot of topics. Shout out to all the people who helped contribute these topics to the show. I had um, a rough week of feeling under the weather, but I am back on my A-game now. Um, I needed some help with, you know, gathering up some topics, but we got them. We talked about them. If you have any suggestions for the next show, you can always email me at sip at teawithtammy.net or tweet me at teawithtammy. I'm also on teawithtammy on every other social networking site. And in the meantime, because I know I didn't have any this episode, please sip some tea.